All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. And we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 877-37-GRIND. All right, so transitioning. Uh, don't want to do a sport alert on the baseball because some people might be at work, TiVo, and whatever like that. Um, but he one of my favorite managers I got on the big screen being interviewed. Boach has a big head, man, though. He always does. Man, used to, and sometimes in San Francisco, man, I used to read stories. He used to go through like a bottle of wine after games sometimes. And I'm like, yep, I like him. But um, anyway, transitioning from baseball into the pigskin. Um, before I get to, because I know Adam Martinez is checking in, want the thoughts on Randy Gregory. I'll get to that here shortly. But I want to start with the Dallas Cowboys because this is the biggest game of the week on the schedule uh, out of all teams, in my opinion. I haven't dived and looked closely at every game, but I can, I've skimmed through it uh, to know this is one of the big ones. This is the big one. Well, Mike McCarthy, of course, meeting with the media. You already had Jerry Jones come out with his weekly radio interview and pretty much say that the road to the Super Bowl goes to the 49ers. We got to play them twice. Uh, that would be a good thing. But, you know, this is a you know, um, no, man. The road to the Super Bowl and NFC still goes through Philly. And nobody talks up the 49ers more than I do in this region. But I'm all I'm from the old school until the champ is dethroned. They're the champs. So you have that comment put out there. Then you have Mike McCarthy meet with the media and his weekly media sessions. And he says, hey, uh, you know, this is what you live for. These games, you know, okay. But then he comes and follows it up. Well, this is just another game. What? No, it's not. No, it's not. This is the game that got Kellen Moore fired. Or, you know, yeah, kicked out of the building. This is the game that really maybe shifted the 50-50 in Cowboy Nation on Dak to about 70-30 against them. We need to find somebody else. This is the game that um, the first signs of tension between defensive side of the ball and offensive side of the ball really about Dak Prescott started to show its head a little bit in post-game comments by yours truly Micah Parsons um so no it's not another just another game and I think you know I get it where coach speak and coaches have to you know you can't if you say that hey this means everything and this is our season duh I understand you could go out and lose and what are you going to do with the rest of the 12 or 13 games left but the reality of it is, is just to sit there and say, this is what you live for. This is what you code for games like this. And to sit there and say, this is just another game. No, it's not, man. No, it's not. And I think Cowboy Nation knows that. I think the media knows that. Um, but again, the problem with the Cowboys, and, and it's been like this for a while, they just talk too much publicly. And there's not one voice you hear from. And I understand the circumstances with Jerry Jones and he's the owner and he's got his weekly, you know, interview in the Fort Worth area. Everybody in the nation picks up his sound bites from this and, you know, this and that. They there, And then you got the coach saying and then you got players because I can tell you right now, going from the Jason Garrett era to Mike McCarthy, the one thing that's been consistent, in my opinion, is that there is no culture set to where players are 
limited on what they say publicly on whatever form they want to do whether they're doing an interview where they do a podcast it seems like to me it is free for all for any Dallas Cowboy players to speak their mind okay now I'm not telling you NFL players or professional players should be muzzled but the message that gets sent out from the road goes through here coming from the owners this coach well no it's not this is just another game and all this kind of stuff that comes out it's just a recipe for where what I feel ultimately could hold them back. Because as we march through the NFC and we're just past the first quarter pole mark, if you look at the landscape, it's really who everybody thought was going to be there or at in contention to look like this is the team that we knew already the NFC. The 49ers, which I thought because of Brock Purdy's injury, I felt that, you know, hey, man, they are kind of rushing back. I don't know. You know, I'm feeling you know, Witherspoon and, and you know, Tyreek Willen and Seattle, whatever. But you know what? Uh, it seems like McCaffrey kicked it up a notch. It seems like, you know, it's a big difference picking him up midseason trade deadline and then getting a whole offseason with him. That's right there. Because uh, if he ain't leading the league in touchdowns, he's got to be damn near close. Okay. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you look at it's the 49ers. It's the Dallas Cowboys, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And I said this, I think I said this Monday, and I'll say it again. The thing with the Eagles that are scary, it's obviously they're missing their two coordinators, their defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. And I'm going to tell you that it's Steichen that they're missing a little bit more than their defensive coordinator. Uh, there's a process they're going through because they have not played that well yet in any of their games. Now, I believe that this is who they're going to be. I believe that they're going to struggle a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, they're going to be there at the end when dust settles because they're getting winning these games because they're just more talented than other teams that they're playing in the NFC. So you can get away with playing your B game, C-plus game, and you can find a way to get the, get the W. Because first of all, you got the reigning MVP and Jalen Hurts. And I told you that was very high on his leadership. I knew he wasn't going to get satisfied. I was saying, oh, I got the MVP. I got a new contract. I'm sad. I've been through the Super Bowl. I got national endorsement commercials. Jalen ain't cut from that. You can listen to the way he does his interviews. You can listen to the way you can. You knew that. The way that he handled the situation with Tua in the SEC championship game or the national championship game, excuse me. You can see exactly the way he handled that getting pulled. So, you know, I just feel that and I'll steady say this and that's been my theme all summer. They just didn't talk a little bit too much. I mean, they've just talked a lot too much to me. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to be a hell of a game. It's Sunday night. Um, you know, midline report right now on that particular game. Uh, you're looking at Dallas uh, catching plus three and a half. I think it's minus 190, 195 on the money line with Sam Fran. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to get you like they, the cleat. Get your popcorn ready. It's going to be a game. And, and, and this is the one that I feel when you say it's just another game. No, Mike, because this game's going to have some implications in the playoffs. Are, are, are they coming to Dallas? To dethrone you once again, or are they going? Are you going to have to return to the scene of crime? And is that going to have to get it done in in January and Levi Stadium? So there, this is that game that's going to set that up, you know. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll continue to break this game down. We'll get more into it on Friday, Thursday. But that came across my radar in regards to um, 
the continuing message coming from multiple sources uh, from the Dallas Cowboy. It never fails. It never fails. And on top of that, the cherry on top, you got Michael Parsons weekly giving off zingers every week on his podcast. Whether they're positive, hey, I got Zach's back. Only God's supposed to be judging. I don't like this. He's trash. He's this, which is a good message from Micah. And then on the other hand, you know, he's talking crazy. So that's the way that's that that's kind of the way I see that. And we'll see how that game plays out. 877-37-GRIME. All right. Moving up to the Mile High City in Denver, Colorado. Um, Earlier, about a couple hours ago, uh, the Denver Broncos made a decision to release Randy Gregory uh, from his duties. Um, I think the writing on the wall was on this and it was the clock was ticking, especially from last week's game with Chicago. Uh, with Sean Payton and this coaching staff uh, elected to go younger with Cooper and Benito, um, and it paid dividends. Um, I've been talking about Randy Gregory with the ski mask, okay? Now, Adam Martinez is checking in on Facebook Live, and he says, Calvin, Gregory is being cut by the Broncos. I guess this uh, theft didn't work as well as where. Maybe the Cowboys were right to add the additional language. Your thoughts? Um, and what Adam is talking about is for people that forgot, um, you know, when this was going down and they were pursuing Randy Gregory, speaking of George Payton, the general manager of the Denver Broncos, I will say the formerly manager of Denver Bronco GM. He's there. But these calls are it's almost like it's like, you know, I want to say he's Aaron boy, like running errands. Like I need coffee. Uh, can you pick up my laundry? I'm not going to disrespect George that bad because his last two drives have not been that horrible. Uh, but, of course, he has the cloud and the pressure of this Russell Wilson situation leaning over his head. And he's got this Randy Gregory deal. And when you look at this move and what Adam is before I go into this, what he's talking about, because at this time when they were pursuing him and, you know, he was talking to Denver and Dallas were the two teams and there was an offer from Dallas and then Denver was there. He had kind of told Denver, no, Jerry had won him over and then they get the language in the contract and a lot of it is incentives and this and that. And Randy didn't want to go for that. And he left him at the altar and he chose to sign with Denver. I've said this before, I'll say it again. This is the second time that organization, speaking of the Denver Broncos, have bailed out Dallas for making a bad decision. Uh, one with the Paxton Lynch situation, because Jerry tried to move up and trade up twice to go draft Paxton Lynch. But Elway was hell bit for leather, like, oh, he's tall. He got him. Let's go. And then now, number two, where they thought they had Randy Gregory in their grasp and he decided because now nah, i don't like all that incentive of a certain language if you this and that and that kind of you know kind of played out so that's what adam martinez is referring to now really where i look at this there's multiple signs and messages sent with this number one this is also a little bit look at george payton like this is number one because the reality of it is is that you know, this is only a year, year and a half of like in a 50, 70 million dollar contract or something like that. I know it's about I'm giving you ballpark. It's going to be about a 23 million dead cap hit, you know, in this year's cap thing. Next year, that number dropped down to about eight or nine million. But that's already a dead cap lingering right there. We're not even talking about getting to the big looming decision on Russell Wilson come April. That signing on George, it didn't work out. And I believe Randy Gregory has I mean he and, and he's walking away and I think they said in a Bronco uniform he has a recorded three sacks and if you break down the math on how much he's made because he got guaranteed money in this like 23 million guaranteed or something it breaks down to where damn near he got paid nine million dollars a sack 
And none of them sacks, that none of them games, he recorded them three sacks. I don't think any of them games, I bet you a dollar to a donut, they didn't result in a W. So, this is a message to George. This is one of those first ones like, hey, and also I think this is a message that can, guys in that locker room, they're going to be a little bit on notice. You know, there's one thing cutting and releasing a rookie or somebody that's a second, you know, year player. It's one thing releasing them. When you release a veteran and a guy that got that kind of contract that you just send, that puts everybody in that locker room on notice. And better believe when it was the first storm, before the calm before the storm coming, when his ass was not really, when he was not in the starting lineup this weekend against Chicago, and he didn't really make any plays, and you got Cooper basically with a, a scoop and score, you got Benito, those two has been playing the only really bright spots on Denver's deep, horrid, horrific defense, and the last, this first quarter has been those two individuals. The other message it's going to send it's tells you about your ownership in the Pinner group. This is a group that's telling you we will not spare any expense to make a correction. If it's a mess up and it's going to cost us this much money, we will pay to get it fixed. Not every, I don't care what sport you're in, not every fan base has that luxury. And you might get it once in your lifetime if you root for a certain team or you have it. There's not too many owners, and especially in these days, where it's about the bottom line. You got more owners in baseball, NFL, some owners, they just trying to stay in the black. They don't want to go into red. They care less. If we win a couple games, we get a couple attendance, we get a star player, makes all pro, we're good. This is a sign that this group wants to win, and they're going to spare no expense to do that. That's number one. Number two, I bet you, okay, and I know we're, we're trying to get, you know, Troy in there this week rank. I want to talk to him, but I bet you, because I remember when Mike Shanahan used to make these cuts, but – I guarantee you Sean Payton is going to stand in front of that room and he's going to explain to everybody why Randy Gregory got, got cut. And he's going to send a message. And at the end of the day, if you're not buying in and you're not part of this movement, you got to get those guys out of here. And I'm all down with it. You're going to take the dead cap hit. I mean, it's only going to be $8 million, $9 million, you know, next year. But you're going to have to find a way to finagle that. And the, the question is, is, will be, is this just the first of ones to come? This could might be just the first tipping point of a veteran on Denver getting the hell out that ain't performing. Sean knows they've got uh, they've got better teams coming up. I mean, it starts with the Jets this weekend. They've got better teams and competitions coming up that they're gonna have to get something done on defense just to be an average defense to try to win some games. The offense is there. Sean has fixed the problem for the most part with Russ. The, the, the juice that he's showing, it is what it is. But the reality of it is, is that it you're going to get that. It can improve. But now it's time to shift the attention over to how we're going to get this defense to be at least average to try to win some games. So that's the message I think it sends. It's positive. It's negative because, again, this is one of your big free agent signings just from a year ago. Uh, not a good look for George. I mean, George has some money in the bank when it comes to some of his draft. Javante Williams, Patrick Satane the second, which a lot of people down there, including myself, I mean, I love Patrick, but I thought for sure they were going to draft Micah Parsons. Uh, people thought they were going to take Justin Fields at that point. 
weird thing is they might end up getting Justin Fields the back door after this offseason. Depends on how things go go down. But the reality of it is is that it's still on George. And and you look at the Russ situation lingering, and now this, you know, it, it it's going to be an influx situation. But I'm I'm happy they did it because uh, he was giving them nothing. Randy Gregory, there'd be a pile. Randy was running around, jumping on piles after people got tackled. They'll make it look like in film that he was doing something. You know, we've had a 10-minute bar fight. Management can't break it up. The laws, the cops got to show up. And now you coming out the car and said, hey, guys, I got your back. What's going on? That was Randy Gregory for the first four games. Last year, he was hurt. This year, that's what it's been. So my hat's off to Sean because I know this was his call. I doubt it this was George. I doubt it this was Jorge. But this was Sean. But get him out. If you're going to turn it around, everybody talks culture, change the culture. Sometimes you just got to go ahead and let your actions speak as well, too, to set example. And Randy Gregory was made an example today for the rest of those guys in that locker room. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spinning the One and Twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary mix made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pinland Whiskey. Keep in mind, Pinland Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier-fed spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pinland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. Don't forget, Pinland Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association, which is the PRCA, and it's an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind, an official sponsor of the Sports Grind as well, too. 877-37-GRIND. 
All right. So those are my thoughts in regards to Mr. Gregory. So it's going to be interesting to me. Um, now, the, the reports had they tried to trade him this whole last week. But, you know, the criticism, like, well, damn, you can't get, I mean, George sucks. You can't get a seventh round. You can't get at least a eighth round for Randy Gregory. Just come release him. Uh, yeah, when you got to trade from, you got to take that contract. <laughs> okay. And you see what film, I mean, what he's put on film through four games. Okay. So, no, it, 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 it makes sense why they couldn't really trade him. But evidently, he didn't want to be there because his effort showed. And, I, and I'm pretty sure with his credit report and track record, it didn't set too well when he got benched this week in the starting lineup. But my motto is, moving on, this is what I'll say. If they're going to be trash on defense, there's a standard with the Denver Broncos in defense. It's been put that way since 2016. I mean, you go back in the day, way even before my time, right around my time, before I even came a fan. But the Orange Crush defense, uh, there's been a history of some defense. And when you go six straight years of maybe – Horrific offensive play, but the one thing you can lay your hat on is still a top five defense in the league. And you display this through four weeks. Um, the bottom line is there. There's a standard, and if, and if you and if you're gonna if they're gonna be trash on defense, and and, and be, have this standard lower, where whether Vance Joseph is the problem or if it's just Bros and Joes, I'd rather them do it with young guys. Do it with first and second year players then. Can't do it with a veteran making that kind of money on a pass if you're going to suck like that and you ain't getting no pressure to the quarterback. You got to go. You got to go. What you got? Are you worried at all that this opens up the door for a possible pickup option with a team that already has a premier pass rusher in Chris Jones and then you can go ahead and add a Randy Gregory at this point of the year to somebody who's been in the locker room of a division rival? Um, nah, because because first of all, you know, where Denver maybe even the Raiders who lost Chandler Jones, right? Um, well, good question. I mean, my my next point of this before we move on was going to be it's going to be interesting to me who picks him up if they do. But the answer, no, I'm not worried about that because at the state of where the Denver Broncos are at right now, um, there's expectations and there's reality, um. I think before you can even talk about this team being a factor for the wild card or even still being competitive at this division, they've got to get to 500. At some point in the season, they've got to get to 500 over the next few weeks. Uh, so where they're at now, if Denver was a bona fide playoff team, and let's say they were leading the division and he's just a mild contender got pissed off and he's bumping heads with Sean and Sean wants him out of here, then if he lands with a Kansas City Chief, he lands with Ray, okay, maybe. But where they're at right now, Jonas, I, no, it, it's not that. Because even if he lands over there, if he goes somewhere to blow, he wasn't doing it here for whatever reason, whether it was a scheme, whether it was just a high altitude, maybe it wasn't enough stuff for Randy Gregory to do. I don't know. But it wasn't working here, and that's a big ticket. Now, you got some grassy, no conspiracy, orange nation theory out there that's, oh, well, this is the first domino getting ready for the tank for Caleb Williams. That's being floated out there. I'm not going there with you. There's just one guy in the depository. Okay, I'm not going with you on that grassy knoll. This is about a culture statement. This is about, like, uh, you ain't doing nothing, and you might be soiling our young guys to get the hell out of here. And, again, like, George, this is the first one. You better hope Russ stays in this top two, three QBR for the rest of the season. 
So let them sign with Kansas City, John. Let them sign. I just I wanted them out of the organization that I give care for. I wanted them out because I went to bat for them. You know, I went to bat for him. I thought it was going to work. I thought like, hey, if the guy can stay straight first hit, he's a heck of a talent. But he's just, it's the motivation. It's the lack of still maybe maturity. And of course, I bet, I mean, I already knew the news. But of course, you know, AC couldn't wait to get out. I think I told you when you signed him that it wasn't going to work. Yeah, yeah. You got your own problems over there. Okay. Difference is Randy Gregory wasn't our best player. Your best player still don't know what the hell's going on with that. But we'll see how they respond. We'll see how they respond. Uh, moving forward and moving on, um, speaking of before we leave the NFL, speaking of moves today, um, the New England Patriots, uh, they pull off a trade to bring back a familiar foe. They trade with the Chargers to bring back J.C. Jackson in the fold. Now, they took some injuries against Dallas. You know, June's going to be out. They lost their other guy. So they had to bring in C.J. Jackson uh, back to the fold. Now, I don't know what they gave up for him or what this trade is, you know, what they acquired or what they gave up for him. Um, I, You know, he's one of those guys that I kind of have said the same thing with Gilmore. I said it with Malcolm Butler. There's one thing about paint, like, I would compare Bill Belichick to Steve Nash in his prime. Steve Nash got a lot of guys paid. He got a lot of guys paid in the NBA. Stoudemire, there were some dudes that he got paid because he was so nice with the dishing and setting them up, this and that. Bill Belichick is the Steve Nash of coaches and defense when it comes to cornerbacks and safeties. He getting guys paid because the situations and the schemes he puts them in and they go other places, they just don't pan out. They don't pan out. Gilmore, it's still serviceable. He's looked pretty good through Dallas. He had a solid season with the Colts last year, but Gilmore ain't looked nowhere that Gilmore looked at, looked like, excuse me, when he was at New England. So, C.J. Jackson, you might get a better version of him coming back to New England. Um, this move also shows me that Bill and them are not ready to punt on the season just yet. Um, you know, Bill O'Brien met with the – I think this is the first time I've seen him or heard him speak to the media. And, you know, Mac Jones, you know, the awful game Mac Jones had. Um, and, you know, I said money. I said, look, man, you cost Bill Belichick his worst loss in his career and you play like that. There's got to be even if it's a little bump in the road just for week five, we'll be back week six. I figured you're going to bench him. But if you listen to Bill O'Brien, he thinks this is a one off. Bill Belichick was kind of getting irritated about, you know, the questions on him when he met with the media yesterday. I'm like, oh, man, no other Taylor Swift zingers. Bill was wrong. He was in that grumpy mood, like the Monday mood. Uh, but they feel like it's a one-off, that, you know, Mac knows better. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see. Um, because I can't imagine. I still – I know what I saw in Zappy last year, and I know that there's not a financial commitment to Mac Jones yet. And considering the type of coach Bill is, I'm just surprised that there's no repercussions, at least for a game in this. Because I told you on Monday, the the biggest disturbing thing to me – was the fact that Mac Jones didn't even look like it bothered him getting pulled from the game. I didn't like that. It just looked like he was like, man, thank you for saving me. I had a bad day at the office. Let's go. But the Patriots are deciding to bring back C.J. Jackson into their fold. Also, 
one of the things I want to get to, definitely want to get to Mike Tomlin. We'll get him to him shortly. But uh, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey, they've got this podcast that I'm pretty sure everybody knows about now. Well, they drop that like once a week, right? They do a podcast once a week. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's weekly. Yeah, episodes. okay. Well, in this particular later later episode, the latest episode, I should say, um, Jason pretty much says that Taylor Swift, the NFL has gone overboard with Taylor Swift. You know, he said that you know he can understand. You know, they're celebrities. I'm paraphrasing him. Uh, there's celebrities, but then there's like cult following, like all, follow, like you have celebrities, and you got people that really move the needle. And Taylor's one of the phenom. Use the word phenom. There's phenom. Taylor Swift um, is one of those phenoms. Not in my opinion, but the public America, seventy percent say yes. Doesn't move the needle for me, but okay. Still think Kanye needs a royalty check a little bit uh, for. Boosting her there in regards to the angry man coming on stage and saying the Beyonce should have won. I think that I mean she was already made it. I've had this argument like five times in my household over the last I don't know ten eight years. However long it's been since it happened. Uh, talented, I understand she writes her own songs. Doesn't move it for me. Um, but for Travis, uh, let me say Jason because Travis didn't really come. I mean he kind of co-signed, but. You know, for Jason to come out here and say that the NFL is doing it overboard with Taylor Swift, to me, let let somebody else say that. I can't I can't have any of the Kelsey brothers say that. This is what like it was planned for this. Like you wanted the attention. Speaking of Travis, I told you Travis is working on his brand. Travis is tired of getting hit all the time. Travis has already started to think about life after football. Not saying that he's checked out, not saying that he's going to retire. This is last season, but Travis has made some business decisions, changed his image, and he's got a lot of the doors. If you if you go look right now, and I don't even know this, but I guarantee you, if you go look at athletes in all the major sports, who has the more endorsement or actually active commercials going right now, Travis has to be at least one or two. His teammate, his quarterback is the other one. But I would at least put Travis in the top three right now in the last month. The athlete in any sport that has active endorsements and rotation on TV. I might put Steph in that category. But Travis is up there. Travis has worked on his, the whole parade, the whole, you got to fight for your right. You know, all that, your jabronis, you talk, all this stuff has been a buildup. To bring attention to himself to get those off-field off dollars. And I'm not going to hate him for that. Because I, in my opinion, I believe this is really what this, this arrangement, I won't even say dating. I'm going to say arrangement that Travis has with Taylor Swift. Now, I know I might come from a big different background. I'm a little older than Travis. Um, you know, I haven't always, most of my life, I've said this, most of my life in my 30s, I will know in my 20s, I was in relationships, one after another. I'm talking about like real, like year relationships, we're living together type of stuff. And in the 30s, it was totally opposite. But even in my teens, late teens and early 20s, I had a thing about 
bringing women that I would be dating around my mother. Like when you bring, a, I don't care what the status of who she is, how big of the phenomenon is, but when you sit there and bring a, in my opinion, you bring a young woman around your mother. I'm from the school to where that's like, this is serious. And for me, unless they have kept this thing under wraps for the last, I don't know, six months, five months, without I doubt it in this day and time, that's speeding to bring her around your your mother like that. And I understand you're in a press box. You'll be like, oh, Calvin, come on. I'm just telling you. Because what if this doesn't work out? All this hoopla, I think it's an arrangement. I think it's part of Travis Kelsey's plan. Okay. And as long as you got number 15 throwing you the ball and you got Andy Reid coaching and calling the plays, you could probably afford it. And you haven't got any competition yet in your division. Nothing has shown proof that anybody's going to challenge you in the division. You probably got a little bit of extra time if you're Travis Kelsey to work on your brand and things off the field. But make no mistake, that's just what it is. But don't let me, don't let the message come from them that this the NFL has gone too far with Taylor Swift. Y'all put it that way. Speaking of Travis. I mean, his brother last week on the podcast was just telling everybody, oh, she put you on the map, huh? You know, jokingly, tongue in cheek. But don't sit there and tell me that this is, the, oh, the NFL's gone too far with this. Y'all know how this works. I mean, look at the numbers. And do you think that's going to be the last chief game she's at for this whole season? No. Now, I know I think she's taking a break from tour. I don't know how long she's taking a break from. She probably got to get back on tour. But I don't think that's going to be the last time that you see Taylor Swift at a Chiefs game. So stick to that, you know, monitor that just a little bit. But that's kind of, I mean, that's my thoughts. Like, man, I don't want to hear that, you know, from y'all. And, and, and to me, you know, personally, um, look, man, it, it, it's, it's one of those things to where everything's good as long as you're winning. It's not a distraction as long as you're winning. I mean, can you imagine if they would have let Zach Wilson rally and win that game? Automatically, the talk would have been like, hey, well, is this Taylor Swift thing is becoming a distraction? Plus, trust me, there's been a lot of other women that are not even on the level of Taylor Swift that have been accused of derailing teams and, and concentration of players. I've been the first in line to call them out. So it wouldn't be the first, but it's just one of those that it's all good now as long as that they're winning. 877 Three seven grind. All right, keeping it moving, sticking with the NFL theme though. Um, Mike Tomlin um, met with the media yesterday, and you know the talk out of Pittsburgh is everything's about Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, and what's the wrong, what's the struggles. They only put up three points. Now again, I'll say Pickett left the game very early against the Texans. Uh, it looks like he dodged a bullet. I think he's, he's supposed to be practicing this week. It's the bone bruise. He should go. They've got a important division game against Baltimore. But there's a lot of talk about changing. Like the Steeler Nation wants changes, and a lot of people are calling for Matt Canada's head. And I listen to Mike Tomlin, and, and we're only going to play a, a portion of it for you, but I, I saw this whole press conference yesterday. And I've never seen – it's been a long time since I've seen a coach willing to talk this opening as much as you can talk opening about game planning and kind of how the mentality that you prepare for opponents, uh, especially in your division. Let's listen to what Mike Tomlin uh, had to say yesterday with the media. 
Mike, you guys have had as much success, success against Lamar Jackson as really anyone has. How much do you feel like that has been about defending the player versus the scheme, and how much do you expect that to change? Man, um, we got talented quarterbacks in our division. Um, the hair stands up on the back of our neck when we prepare for these division quarterbacks, all of them. Um, we have plans catered toward all of them individually. We have to. Um, we, we better be a thorn in their side. Um, they're all so talented. They're all such central components of what their, what their outfits do. Um, and so it's nothing new there. I just think that that is, that is football in Pittsburgh from a defensive perspective when you're in today's AFC North facing guys like Lamar and Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson. Now, in that clip, he talked about really the insight of how they, he views that division from the quarterback play. Now, earlier on in that other press conference, he kind of went on about, you know, really the details of how they prepare. You know, we've got to do this and do that. And to me, this press conference yesterday was really, in my opinion, him talking to his coaching staff. He's kind of already threatened him like, hey, we're not going to keep doing the same thing over. There could be some change. Whether or not. He didn't say that about firing whether there would be some changes. Him going on about how it's important and this is the North and we've got some good quarterbacks in our division and we've got to pay for them. We've got a game plan for Lamar. We've got a game plan for Joe Burrow. We've got a game plan for Deshaun Watson. And this is how we do in Pittsburgh's about defense and it's about the – he is talking to his coaching staff. In my opinion, I don't believe Mike Tomlin is uh, that pleased – with the offensive side of things and probably some defensive things, the way they performed early on, and he's kind of challenging his coaching staff. Now, the thing that I was scratching my head for, Jonas, because, you know, and I know you pay attention to that division closely, but I'm thinking like, well, Mike Tomlin can't really – he hasn't had that much turnover in assistant coaches from a coordinator to offensive coordinator in the last few years. Most of these guys have been with Mike Tomlin. You know, in regards to, quote, unquote, the Pittsburgh steal away. But I feel even with that, because you swear he's talking to a group that just showed up. Like, I've got some coaches here that just showed up. They don't, they got to know how the Pittsburgh way's done. But Mike Tomlin, making no mistake about it, in my opinion, was putting his coaching staff on notice that he's disappointed. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spinner the One and Twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. 
And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 